to the Evans-Based Dermatology Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Putman, and this is episode 92, Effective Statin Therapy on Muscle Symptoms, an Individual Participant Data Meta-Analysis of Large-Scale Randomized Double-Blind Trials. This was published in The Lancet in 2022. Now, I'm excited to talk about this because this is something that I think a lot of rheumatologists find ourselves confronting on a regular basis. There have long been reports that statins cause substantial muscle damage, and we are all well familiar at this point with the HMG CoA reductase uh, version of myositis. Now, a lot of these symptoms may be related to nocebo or drug SIBO or placebo effects, but it's very hard to parse this from non-randomized observational studies, which have often found very high rates of such symptoms. The flip side of this, of course, is that statins have been shown to reduce cardiovascular morbidity and mortality over time, and abandoning them on a risk that may or may not be substantiated is, is, is a tough thing to do. To put that a little more strongly, there was an editorial written in the Annals of Internal Medicine in 2017, and this is a great title. It's by Stephen Nissen. The title is, and I quote, Statin Denial, an Internet-Driven Cult with Deadly Consequences. Now, I don't think I want to be part of an internet-driven cult, and certainly not one with deadly consequences. So when I saw this large meta-analysis of randomized controlled trials, I got excited and dove right in. So let's talk about it. In brief, they looked at all trials of statin therapy which more, with more than 1,000 participants and a scheduled mean follow-up of two years or more. Trials had to be double-blind, and they had to compare statins to either placebo, or they had to compare more intensive regimens to less intensive regimens. This is an interesting quirk of this study, which is that you know at some point we stopped comparing statins to placebos because it was somewhat unethical to not give patients with high risk of cardiovascular disease a statin. And so a lot of subsequent trials in this space were actually high intensity, so a torvastatin versus one of the other ones, or uh, a high dose of one of the lower intensity like simvastatin versus lower doses of simvastatin. It's kind of interesting to think about how this affects your ability to find a signal uh, of risk there. They requested individual participant data on all adverse events, which is just so important. You can run a meta-analysis on summary data, and most of them are, but if you can get individual participant data, you have a lot more ability to find granular differences and really parse what's going on. The protocol itself was pre-specified, which I love, and they looked at various kinds of muscle uh, symptoms that we would be interested in. What did they find? Well, uh, they had 19 randomized double-blind controlled trials that were included that uh, compared a statin regimen to placebo. This included 123,000 patients. I have to say, as a rheumatologist, where a large trial would be 500 patients or (laughs) 700 patients, perhaps, the fact that they have 19 trials of one of their therapies and over 123,000 participants randomized, uh, it makes me pretty jealous. They also found four randomized double-blind trials of more intensive versus less intensive statin therapies, so that's pretty useful. And unfortunately, of these 19 double-blind trials, um, only two studies actually compared a more intensive statin regimen versus uh, placebo. There's uh, 21,000 participants there, so you know, adequately powered to find some risk, but less well-powered than their overarching questions uh, for less intensive therapies. What did they find? Well, kind of what I would expect. They said that statin therapy produced a 7% relative increase in muscle pain or weakness during the first year. That was a significant difference. And that there's no significant difference thereafter. I think that's very useful. Patients who come to you with an early complication of statin muscle symptoms are probably quite a bit more likely to have real ones as opposed to some that are driven by a placebo effect. They unfortunately also found that their studies were highly heterogeneous. So the aggregate rate of reporting um, for any muscle pain or weakness varied from 1% to 60%. 
That is the opposite of what you want to see in a meta-analysis because that's an indication that the trials uh, were, were measuring things differently and maybe maybe not quite as comparable as you'd like. You always want to compare apples to apples. This is, you know, apples to apples that were viewed differently, I guess. <laughs> Now, the next thing that they found, which was pretty interesting to me, is that there's no evidence that the uh, risk of this varied by different statins. I have long been telling my patients that pravastatin is perhaps at a lower risk or some of the low-intensity statins, but they, they really didn't find that to any convincing degree here. They did find that the intensity of the statin regimen seemed to matter. So a lot of simvastatin matters more than less simvastatin, something like a 5% relative increase in the risk of statin muscle symptoms. What about the thing that we really care about, the myositis or myopathy? Well, they found that that was a relatively rare thing, something like 0.08% of patients assigned to any statin compared to 0.04% of anyone assigned to placebo. So that's an absolute risk of maybe one case per thousand person years. And that's a small risk, but that's a real risk. And that, that jives with my clinical practice, which is that I've been seeing a lot of HMG-CoA reductase myositis. But like when you take a step back and ask yourself how many people are getting statins, the answer is that not that much by comparison to how frequently we're prescribing these. I'm always an advocate for sharing absolute numbers. And this is where this study gets really interesting. Where I said the relative difference sort of jives with my clinical experience, the absolute differences makes me question the way that I've been counseling patients about this. Now, they calculated that, you know, in general, statin therapy caused approximately 11 additional reports of any muscle pain or weakness per 1,000 patients during the first year of therapy. That's actually a relatively small number of people. So, you know, one in 100 patients who receive a statin are going to have some of these uh, side effects caused by the statin. I would have guessed it to be 10 out of 100, 20 out of 100, some number that's much, much larger than what they actually saw here. And the reason for that is pretty straightforward, which is that patients who got placebo also had a lot of these symptoms. So if you looked at high-intensity statins versus placebos, they had two trials. You know, the rate of events was 15.4% in the statin group and 13.8% in the placebo group, which is kind of scary. That tells you that at that tells you that something like 80 to 90% of people who report these symptoms are actually having a placebo effect as opposed to an actual uh, side effect from the statins themselves. Moderate intensity statins versus placebos, you know, the absolute rate was 18% um, versus 17% over the first year. So that's a 1% absolute difference, and 17% of the patients who experience these symptoms is from the placebo. So that's kind of scary when you think about it. If I have 18 patients come to me with these symptoms, one of them will actually be caused by the statin, and the other 17 patients are going to have just a, a placebo response. Now, my general practice has been to stop statins whenever you see this, and boy, this makes you real curious about that, right? It gets even worse after the first year. So after the first year, the rate of events for high-intensity statins was 6.8% and 6.4% in the placebo group. So only 0.4% of the time, in absolute terms, were patients who had uh, muscle symptoms in, after the first year of therapy actually having them as a cause of the statins themselves. The vast, vast majority of the time, this was just a placebo effect or not even a placebo effect. People in their normal life have these kinds of symptoms. And the fact that someone who starts a statin happens to have muscle weakness or muscle pain, I mean, that may just be normal life and normal aging and the kinds of things that shouldn't make you stop a statin. 
Now, the authors make this point in no uncertain terms. They say, and I quote, This finding is in contrast with the cardiovascular benefits of statin therapy, which are observed in one year one, but which are then twice as high during each subsequent year that treatment continues as previously reported. Then they say, you know, we have 9% in year one versus 24% in years one through five. And their point in here is very clear. You know, this statin thing is relatively uncommon, and it's usually not caused by the statins. And more importantly, it seems highly unlikely that stopping statins for a patient who's exhibiting these symptoms is in their best interest. Because the fact that you're stopping the statin is not only going to cause maybe an actual change in the statin symptoms, but probably not, but it's certainly going to cause an increase in their chance of having a cardiovascular outcome that is uh, bad. So I thought that was very interesting. There's one other limitation to this study, which is that they did exclude patients in a lot of these trials who had statin intolerance or prior symptoms to statins. And so, you know, this may not entirely apply to the patient who comes into your clinic who had a hard time with the statin and then tried another one and still had a hard time. I mean, that patient may not have made it into this meta-analysis. But I think that the take-home finding here is quite robust and quite concerning. It tells me that you know, even though the statins causing weakness and muscle symptoms is a real thing, that in absolute terms, it's really not that common. And more importantly, the overwhelming majority of patients who come to my clinic and have these symptoms are not going to have them because of the statin themselves. So that makes my standard practice of saying, well, why don't we just stop that statin seem kind of irresponsible. And I have since reevaluated the, the way I counsel patients and discuss this. If a patient comes within the first three months of therapy and they seem to have quite a large departure from their prior symptoms, well, then in that case, I'm probably going to talk to their cardiologist and see if we can stop it. If they come to me many years into statin therapy with new symptoms, I, I really don't think that's related to the statin. I think that this study showed pretty well that the, the risk is early and later on in disease, it's almost certainly not related to the statin itself. And last but not least, you know, I think that we finally have some numbers for how great the risk for a myositis or myopathy after statin initiation is. The answer is one per thousand people over the first year of therapy, give or take. Now, the caveat is that we are giving out a lot of statins, and as rheumatologists, I suspect we're going to be seeing a lot of myositis related to this in the future. That is it for this week. I hope you enjoyed this and found it informative. Thanks so much for listening. Please be sure to check out my other work. I'm a figure one pot, uh, my figure one newsletter. You can find that at ebroom.com and follow me on Twitter at ebroom. Thanks so much and have a great week.